0: Welcome to another weekly episode of Last Ones at the Bar. This week, we have a lot to discuss. My name is Wilton Henry, and I'm accompanied with LaVille Jackson and Daniel Lee. Hopefully, everything is all peace and love.
1: How are you today,
0: fellas? And what's been up?
1: No, I can't, can't complain. You know, been a busy uh, few weeks. Uh, I was able to get some R&R yesterday and, you know, topped it off with, you know, there's some boxing that was on pretty much the entire day. So uh I, I check a lot of those fights out also.
2: Yeah, man, I can't complain. I was in Atlanta for a week. I got back in town on Tuesday. And it's our busy season at work and, you know, just been training. So normal stuff for me, more or less, minus the trip. But the trip is kind of normal, too, just not as normal as work and training. You know what I mean? How about yeah. you, yeah, I
0: got you. Yeah, I'm busy, man. So I'm back. It's time to go back to work. So um, yesterday, normally I don't work on the weekends, but I had to yesterday. I didn't have to do anything, but just in preparation for the upcoming year, you know, I, I had to take care of a few things at work, came back, caught a little nap, and then, you know, started watching all of the great boxing I was on yesterday. But I really, I'm on fumes right now. I probably had maybe two, three hours of sleep. I had to get up, run some errands today and then now I'm here you know what I mean but you know you got to the people what they want and we had such an awesome weekend of boxing that you know I, I wouldn't miss this for the world you know what I mean so with that being said you know like I said since we have so many topics to discuss let's go ahead and jump right into it and this here is something that I thought about because since we've last had discussions um you've had different fights and fighters having issues when it comes to the topic of mental health. And you even had a fight this week that had to be retooled and had a late replacement because one of the fighters was saying that they had mental health issues. You had another uh, fight or fighter say he lost uh, recently to another fighter and he blamed it on mental health issues. You had another um, guy who was in the sport of bison who retired came back, you know, and won one of his belts back. But he was out for a lengthy period of time because of mental health related issues. And then you just had another up and coming 130 pound, 35 pound fighter who had a big victory last January and took pretty much a whole year off related to mental health issues. Now, my question is this, and hopefully it's not. um, It doesn't sound too um, like unsympathetic when it comes to the mental health uh, problem that a lot of people in the world experience. But the question is this, mental health, is it an excuse or is it a legitimate reason to not compete? Or if you don't perform well, is it a legitimate excuse um, when it comes to that?
1: I mean, to me, it all depends. I mean, because mental health is very, very uh a wide plethora of things and is and mental health in of itself is kind of vague so you have to ask yourself i mean what kind of mental health issues is, is this person or fighter is having having and what's the extent of it is it something that's uh hereditary is it something that's a product of the environment is it what's the cause of it and then you have to ask yourself are they getting any type of assistance for it because it's always two sides to everything you know I'm pretty sure fighters all throughout history has had, have had mental health issues. They dealt with it. They they uh, toughened it out and they did what they did. And sometimes that's the difference between uh being good and being great. But at the same time, you know your life is on the line. It's always two sides to it. And it it's always going to be a value to it because your life is on the line when you step in that ring and you can die. For example, Simone Biles, she's looked at as a hero. You know what I'm saying? And her... To an extent her life is online because I've seen a gymnast fall on their head before. It's very, you know, dangerous. So it's hard to say, well, this boxer, they're they're using it as an excuse, but someone biased bias is not, you know, say she's a hero. But at the same time, you know, people go to work with mental health issues every single day. You know, they they find a way to deal with it. Um, as far as the person you get in the Uber car Uber with or or the pilot that flew the plane that you were on the, the other day probably could have had mental health issues also, but they didn't decide to just say, get it or, or say, oh, I might, you know, kill a bunch of people. They did their job and they went home safely, you know, so it, it, it's this extent of what well, what mental health issues do they have and what they're doing to get any help for it. So I I, I I know it's been some fighters that has been bringing up as this, you know, excuses for losses, you know, after the fact, and then there's been some that's canceling, you know, fights because of mental health issues. So it's like, without really saying what those mental health issues is, it's not much to go on. Sometimes they use that as as an excuse to not train fully. Like it's been some boxers that they say they have mental health issues, but they out drinking and you know, doing whatever they want to do. You know what I'm saying? And, like I said, that's a different, it's a difference between being good and being great. So it's always going to be a duality. So I can't really say one way or the other because I can see both sides of it.
2: Yeah, it's a legit reason to not compete. But due to the nature of boxing, you got to be real careful how you play that. You know, like this is the same sport where around this time last year, when Errol Spence pulled out of the Pacquiao fight, that we already knew he was going to win due to his eye injury. People were saying, where's the proof of the injury and stuff like that? You know what I mean? And that was an actual physical injury. So how you play it is is very important. A few things you can't do, you can't use it to discredit the previous opponent. And to name names, I don't doubt that Danny Garcia was going through it when he fought Errol Spence. But you can't mention that after the fact. I'm not going to say you can't mention that, but it's in poor taste to mention it after the fact. Sometimes you just got to take that on the chin. Now with Adrian Broner, to be honest with you, at the risk of sounding insensitive, I do have to side with Figueroa on this. If you listen to Figueroa's interviews, or if if you just watch the pre-fight stuff on Saturday, Figueroa was able to pinpoint what he's been diagnosed with and how that's affected him. And you know, has attributed the work that he's put in mentally to helping him get back into the boxing ring. For what I'm seeing for A B especially for someone who's so heavy on social media, he's been the same AB this whole time. As a matter of fact, according to his Instagram, he was at a strip club on Friday night. And this was, what, five days after he pulled out of the fight? So to me, it's both an excuse and a legit reason, depending on who's using it and how they use it.
0: Yeah, I mean, it's a touchy subject. You know, I won't speak too much uh, when it comes to that... um... I just think that it's important to seek out professional help, you know, when it comes to that sort of thing, because, you know, and, and it's gonna be to the extent in which the mental health problems are impacting you, but it's, it's just important to seek out, you know, the help from a professional. And people in the past, boxers in the past have struggled with that sort of thing. I remember Mike Tyson, he was um, suffering from something uh, mental health related. I remember he even had, it was to the point where he was stressing so much that he had that big um, ball spot in his head, his hair. You know what I mean? And I'm, I'm, I'm assuming that he worked with some you know, medical professionals to help him get over the hump as far as whatever it is that he was experiencing. Yeah, I I won't go too deep off into it because it's a touchy subject. But one thing I will say is this, is that you can easily use that as an excuse because the pushback, like who's really going to push back on someone who's saying that they are experiencing that and I can't perform because, you know, I'm going through this situation. What can you say? Because at the end of the day, what if that person is really going through that? What if that person does something harmful to themselves or to someone else? And, you know, people are here just thinking that they are, you know, lying about the situation. So, you know, like I said, it's very touching. So I, I'll leave it at that. But hopefully whoever's experiencing or think that they're experiencing mental health problems, that they'll seek professional help. And hopefully the medical help that they seek that they'll give them the answers that they need in order for them to either move forward with what they're attempting to do or give them the advice needed for them to decide to just step away until they are able to get over the hump. Um, But, you know, I just thought that I'll, I would throw that out there because we're seeing that it's becoming a pattern, you know, now uh, than it ever has uh, previously. Um, appreciate Um your responses to that question now let's go ahead and move on man we got a lot of stuff to discuss because this week man it was another sabato gigante huge boxing day you know once the car started around one two o'clock it didn't stop until about maybe one o'clock at night so let's go ahead and go to the the zone card that had Oleksandr Usyk, usick was made his return to the ring against anthony joshua in a much anticipated rematch lavelle what did you think about Alexander Usyk's performance as well as AJ's yesterday.
1: I thought it was a special performance for, from Alexander Usyk. but really it was interesting because what kind of made it special was uh, how AJ performed and then I kind of knew some of this was going to happen that AJ was going to do a little better than he did in the first fight. I mean he you know you could tell he was in shape, he trained his butt off and, and at, at points at certain points in the fight he really tried to push the fight. And, and take the fight to O'Stander. Of course, it was like the first few rounds. Usyk was, you know, basically showing what type of a ring uh, general he was, you know, uh, and and showing off his speed and skill. And it was like he was right in front of Joshua and hitting, and hitting Joshua really fast, you know, over it, you know, Joshua's arms and under his arms and stuff like that, using all these different types of angles. But one of the, one of the things I see the advantages that Usyk had over Joshua is, 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 is a lot of it is mental. Uh, this fight is mental versus physical. Uh, Joshua probably did train harder than he did last time. Uh, and, and a lot of it he just did. It, w- it was physical work. It wasn't really mental where you can could, you could tell there's a difference. There's a, a level of the game that Usyk has over Joshua that Joshua can't just raise his game. He has a limit. And a lot of it is mental. You know, we saw Joshua, even in this fight, he got a little tired and, 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 and was suffering stamina issues. And even then, I don't think that's all physical. I think some of it is mental. You see, we've seen fighters in history uh, get tired. You know, when you see great fighters, they they normally get tired, but you see that second win. You see that mental ability and that mental toughness just get to, get them over that hump. Like like we've we've all always seen how, uh, like for example, Julio Cesar Chavez against Melvin Taylor. He said he was almost about to vomit at the end of the fight. You know, that way you there was a fight that he barely won. Then you have the fight with uh, Shuri Leonard and and Marvin Hagler where Leonard said he was so dehydrated, he was losing weight, and he almost couldn't make it out of the ring, you know. But you would never think that watching the fight because they raised their game. Uh, And Joshua, he did put up some some really good parts of the fight, especially in the ninth round, where it seemed like he kind of hurt Usyk a little bit. Um, and, And Usyk was, you know, he was pretty much really trying to make something happen against Usyk. But Usyk is so, such a champion that the, the next round, I think round 10, Usyk came out and just like, look, I'm going to cover it and I'm going to put it on you. And he basically t- took Joshua's heart in that round. I think that's really what won him the fight. You know, um, Tad Joshua came out and had a decent round 10. He might have fought himself back in the fight and got a draw or a win. But Usyk mental is just, just too much for Anthony Joshua. And regarding his performance this, this performance in the ring joshua doesn't really have much to be ashamed about you know he did his best against usick who is like a uber talent but i will say he, he should be disappointed and his, his, his after the fight antics you know for someone who comes off as a tries to be a role model and classy i think throwing a belt taking the the, the belts and throwing it over the, the, the ropes is just i mean it was it was a classless move and you know walking out of the ring and and you know how how did he beat me and all that stuff but he did try to fix it kind of you know he tried to try to fix it by you know playing nice to Usyk and saying you know he earned it he's a fighter and blah 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 Uh, but I thought that whole exchange was kind of classless from from Joshua and it was just you know too emotional for me you know if you lost take your loss like a man and say hey he was the better man and say whatever you know and and it, and it kind of shows me that Joshua kind of still doesn't really get it. And he still doesn't get why Usyk won. His game is not about who's bigger, who's, who's stronger, who's faster. Sometimes it's about the mental, the mentality. Uh, so props to Usyk. He fought a great, great performance. Uh, we'll see what what comes from next.
0: Maybe Joshua's suffering from mental health issues. You know? The other thing is he may have been concussed. I also think that that's the first time that Joshua ever in his life did everything that he could, put his best foot forward and still came up short. I think that's the first time in his life that this ever happened. He didn't know how to respond in that situation. He didn't know whether or not to claim that, you know, they it was rigged, he, he, he got cheated. He didn't know whether or not to congratulate the man. He didn't know what to do <clears throat> under those circumstances. He's so used to getting praise, too, that... You know, his behavior was just kind of um, different. And then also, I think Joshua is starting to become who he really is. He's he's manufactured as far as who you see. And Usyk is the opposite. He's always going to be Usyk. I'll get to that in a second, but you made a good point. Another point that I wanted to touch on that you said was that <clears throat> Joshua, he was having some issues that Usyk, was able to capitalize off of. I think that that's going to be related to the amateur experience that Usyk had. All of those amateur fights, being an amateur standout, that plays a factor. Joshua having about 15 amateur fights. That experience is going to catch up to you, especially when you're fighting somebody who is the total opposite. I think back in history, I hearken back in history, and I think about when Leonard fought Hagler. Like, that was one of the things that gave Hagler issues was that the nuances of the fight game that Leonard knew obviously Hagler was a little older but that was one thing and that was was one thing that Hagler used to be upset about is that he thought that Sugar Ray had a silver spoon in his mouth because he won an Olympic gold medal and he was this golden boy but Sugar Ray used that as something as a tool to say no I should have been that because I was that good and I was harnessing my skills in the amateurs. That was the same thing with Bershowt and Vaudette. Bershowt, bitter, angry. Not that Josh was bitter or angry or anything like that towards Usyk. I'm just saying that that gives a person a lot more knowledge inside the square circle. The other example that I would give would be Chavez against um, Mildred Taylor. It was the opposite, though. Chavez harnessed his skills with all of those fights. He had 70-plus fights going into that Mildred Taylor fight. Where Taylor, although he had the amateur experience, he wasn't as knowledgeable at the professional level. Usik kind of has both because he's going through, the, although he doesn't have that many fights, he has the experience of fighting top level guy, top level guy, top level guy. And then you add in the amateur success, you add in the skills. Now, what I do want to touch on um, is what I saw out of both guys um, in this fight, you mentioned this veil. AJ, he looked better in this fight. To him, he looked more determined. He looked more sure of himself. He looked better conditioned, and he was more edgy. You know what I mean? I like that about him. Usyk, on the other hand, he was, you know, he's that guy. What you said as well, as far as always sure of himself, figuring a puzzle out as it goes, was uh, he was forced in this fight to use more energy than he did in the second fight, but he was up to the task. What I like about Usyk also is he rarely loses two rounds in a row. And if he does lose two rounds in a row, or if he's ever in a situation where it's looking like the momentum is going in the other guy's favor, that's when you'll see him taking more chances. And that's when you'll see him delivering heavier shots to switch that momentum. He's a wise fox in that ring. And again, you can't emphasize it enough that tremendous self-belief the man has belief in his skills. He has belief in his faith. He has belief in his country. He has belief in his principles. He's one of those guys that when he talks about his faith, I believe him. I believe that he truly believes what he says. It's hard to beat somebody like that. And so for me, Oleksandr Usik is somebody that's easy for me to root for. And he's also always going to be somebody that's difficult to beat just based on those principles that that's Inner belief that he has, and the two, and talking about those two things, it's easy for me to identify that right where you can see somebody who's really being honest about who they are. Uh, other thing I like about Usi, he doesn't give his opponent anything, no bulletin board material. When they ask him about other fighters, you know, he'll tell you, you know what I mean. They ask him, Who do, who do you think? Um, do you think you can beat Tyson Fury? He said, Only the Lord knows. So that's nothing that Tyson Fury can take and use and as motivation or anything like that. And then on the flip side, I believe that's what he how he feels. You know what I mean? And speaking about that, those principles that he lives by, you know what I mean? That, that goes a long way where you never really question yourself. And AJ is the flip side of that where now I think moving forward, I think AJ is going to be more true to who AJ is. You might see the better version of AJ now in his career than you've seen before, because he doesn't have that act anymore. You know, it's just like I can be myself and I can truly maximize my potential. You can't maximize your potential when you're trying to be somebody else. And so that's, again, that's going to go a long way. I even saw in this fight AJ was learning little tricks from Usyk, where he was doing like this little uh jab, like he was learning on a job. And so it's going to work well. But as far as that self-belief um, and principles... For instance, my father, right, he was on his deathbed. My father passed away 2001 or one or two. I just know it was January 2001, 2001. So I remember he was on his deathbed, man. And my niece made him, it was either upside down cake or pound cake or something like that. Doesn't like it. That's not anything that he would ever eat. That just like the last thing that he'd eat. But she made it for him. So my mother came in the room, gave him the cake. And when he got the cake, he pushed it to the side. And then my mother said, you know, your niece made it for you. He said, oh, she made it for me. He made it a point each and every day to ask for some of that cake so he can finish the cake. Just because she, anything that you do for me, then I don't care if I don't like it. Out of love, I'm going to go ahead and finish this off. To me, that's the type of character that Usyk has. Like he has that that sort of thing. And then, as far as his belief in himself, see, people gravitate toward. It's hard to root against Alexander Usyk. Let me give you another share. Another story. I had a friend, right, who he used to listen to um, Sibo, and he used to listen to Birdman. I go over his house, and I'm like, "Man, you like them? They can't rap." He said, "You know, I listen to him." I think they believe what they're saying and I'm like that's and so again it's hard to root against somebody who has that type of personality and it's also very difficult to beat somebody who has that type of personality so let me go ahead and get to the fight um what I noticed is is that Usyk if you look at both fights check this out Usyk always wins that righty-lefty matchup when it comes to the feet. He's always going to keep his feet outside of Joshua's, always, always, and mainly around the first fight. like He's just in that herky-jerky movement that he has, but he always plants his feet on the outside so he can get in and touch the bigger man, and he can be elusive enough to get out of the way of their shots. I'm talking about, I don't, when I say always, I'm saying always. He always does that, and then he has the ability to go ahead and, um, eludes certain things because he just has that innate ability those reflexes, like those cat-like reflexes. And again, remember, I wasn't thinking too highly of Usyk initially, but man, I got to get this man his props. Um, the other thing that I want to mention is the punch stats. So in this fight, Usyk he landed more shots than Anthony Joshua. We learned 170 to Anthony Joshua's 124. He threw 712 total shots, and Anthony Joshua threw 492. Joshua was a little bit more active, accurate, like slightly, where Usy landed 23% of his shots and Joshua landed 25% of his shots. And then the power punches, Usy landed 20 more than Joshua, where he landed 131 and Joshua landed 101. Usy threw 315, so he was a 41% um, power punching, uh, he he landed 41.6% of his power punches and Joshua landed 30. Six percent of his power punches, and so to me, I thought that the fight was pretty close, especially after that ninth round. In the ninth round, um, Joshua he landed a whopping 28 punches against Alexander Usyk. That was breathtaking action that took place in that round. I thought that he had a legitimate shot. Now, Usyk was avoiding a lot of those punches, but to get hit 28 times for this big Goliath, um, that was amazing. To see, and it was breathtaking. But check this out. On the flip side of that, my main man Alexander Usyk, he comes right back. Now Anthony Joshua may have just, you know, shot his wide. He may have, and I think that that's what happened. But after the ninth, I, I think it could have been even. At the, you know, at the very least, Joshua could have been up. Usyk could have been up. But it was very close. But that's what I'm saying. Alexander Usyk, the next round landed 39 punches on AJ in a ten. And then he clinched the deal in the 11th and the in the 11th and 12th. So he landed 23 punches in the 11th. He landed 17 punches in the 12th, and Joshua landed 10 in the 11th and nine in the 12th. And that's just an amazing performance by an amazing fighter, man. And so you know, moving forward, it's interesting to see what Us is going to do. He said the only fight that he wants is with Tyson Fury. And after that, I'm not betting against Usyk. I might not, I may just have to not bet. But what he shows me in each each timeout is his tremendous ability. He has tremendous heart, skill, stamina, that inner belief, you know. And so shout out to Alexander Usyk, man. He's one of those guys that I think that could fight in any era, you know. But that's what I saw.
2: I'll talk about the fight itself first, and then I'll get my thoughts on the post-fight. But... Going into this, I felt like Usyk was always going to be able to beat AJ. He just has too many tools in his toolkit. He boxes like a middleweight. And AJ, he definitely showed improvements, but he's a big guy. And his plan was always going to be flawed. He was never going to be able to outbox him. And even if you get more aggressive, then that's going to empty your gas tank quicker. And it's going to be compromised. and. You know, AJ is a big guy, he's a naturally big guy, and so that gas tank just comes with the burden of being, what, 6'5", 240-so pounds, you know, and so those advantages were always going to work against AJ. Now, I did like at the beginning that AJ fought with, like, his knees bent and had kind of like a lower center. And he was also looking more elusive, you know. Um, I also like that he was responsive to everything that Usyk was storing. To you guys' point, Usyk was always going to win that mental battle, but it did show me that AJ trained hard and he was working hard to implement what he learned in camp. Now, in the fourth and sixth, I felt like Usyk's class started to show. um, While AJ was looking good, Usyk wasn't really letting the left go. He was more so jabbing and moving and sort of pivoting, rolling, so on and so forth. When he started to let his left go, and he also picked up the activity a little bit, I thought he was too busy. And even when he wasn't throwing punches, his movement was too much to allow AJ to establish anything. And it also helped set Usyk up for what he wanted to do. Now, that ninth round was really good from AJ. Um, It was really good. I felt like Usyk took that off. But one thing I didn't like seeing in him was like, you know, he pieced him up and at the end of the round, he kind of like smiled like as he went back to the corner as if there was something to really make of that. Like you went around, which is great. You know, there were still eight of the rounds before that and there were still three more rounds to go. And so it just, there was just this look of satisfaction that came prematurely to me. Not the nitpick, but it was something that I noticed. And then in the 10th, like you said, well, you know, he doesn't lose rounds back to back a lot. So he got, Usyk got right back to what he was doing before. And, you know, I felt like at the end of it, AJ just didn't do enough to really secure the victory for himself. But I, I really do respect him for taking the rematch and also for taking the steps that he did to put himself in the best position to win, given that time frame. Now, as it pertains to the post-fight, you know, he, he got a lot of flack from that. And I understand the flack, but I also understand to a certain extent, like never having been a professional fighter, um, but having been an athlete and never having, you know, played in front of, or fought in front of like hundreds of thousands and millions of people. I went through something personally where I sort of had this certain reputation and something, happened with that reputation that was taken away from me sort of and it caused people to look at me differently and I had to kind of publicly deal with that more or less in real time Um, but from there you know it kind of gave me freedom to be who it was that I wanted to be without sort of like this reputation and so to your point Will I do think that there will be some sort of liberation for AJ now how that plays out in the ring I don't know Uh, But as a person, I think that there is a lot more pressure off of him now than there was before that, even before going into the rematch. Now, with that post fight, what you saw from him was, you know, his passion getting the best of him in real time, which he admitted and he acted out. And then walking away and that passion still burning inside of him, he got back into the ring and tried to right his wrong. You know, and I will just say that, you know, we wonder why people have mental health issues and some of it is hereditary and some of it is from just internal factors. But part of it is because the public is largely unforgiving and slow to understand people and people naturally crumble under that pressure. And so, you know, it wasn't the greatest look, but I didn't think it was that bad personally. You know, and I just hope that, you know, he finds that liberation or whatever it is that he's looking for. You know, he he made a vow, you know, in tears at the post fight to be better, you know, from that and to grow from that. And I, I believe that he will. But that's all I really got. You guys have anything else? I just say as, as far as um, people are human, man, <laughs> you know what I'm saying? So
0: in the moment, people may say, well, by golly, AJ, where are you? You know, they might say all that stuff, man. Screw them people, man. You You did what you did you know, learn from it, grow from it, you know, that's how you felt in a moment. And we make mistakes, you know, that's, that's, that's all it is, AJ, you know what I mean? So I I didn't make too much of it um, as a lot of other people did because, you know, that's boxing, man. That's, that's, that's the warrior mentality. That's the spirit. I'm like, Man, I wish you would have showed that the 12th round.
1: You might have got Usik up out of there. <laughs> yeah, but throwing his belt, throwing which really was Usyk's belt, who just won and throwing his belt over the ring or the ropes, though.
2: I mean, I'm not saying that it was cool, but I'm saying I get it. Right. right. Yeah, I get it. But that's disrespectful to Usyk. And he tried to write that wrong though. Hey, you know, he like did. he came back if he just left. Then this might be a different story, but he came back and he tried to, you know, sort of bury that passion to right is wrong to usik and show his respect and everything, you know. It was a little awkward, but he did his best in that moment. I can't fault him for that. Yeah.
0: It's just, I think moving forward with AJ, it's just seeing how, what's next. You know what I'm saying? Like, like if it's a pattern or something like that, people, you're not going to have, nine times out of ten, it's going to be something that happens in your life that you aren't always proud of. You know what I'm saying? You know, moments get the best of you. Put everything into this one fight. You know, you sure that this time around that you would be able to solve the puzzle and it ain't going your favor. It's the first time ever that you put so much into something and it don't work out for you. It's tough, man. You know what I mean? Until you're in that situation for that first time, then, you know, it's hard for me to like, um, really be upset with him but it wasn't right at all but at the same time I you know I definitely can understand where his mentors was at that time um if you guys don't have anything else I do have a few questions you know after this mighty victory you know for Alexander Usyk you know one question that I would have I think it's like the logical question what do you think is next for him or what should be
1: next for him whatever he wants to do I mean I think I did hear some talk that that this might he's thinking about giving it up you know, retiring, but that's just a thought. I don't think that's going to be the case. I think, I do think he will fight a few more fights. Uh, I mean, of course the heavyweight land, landscape, is almost like this era is kind of, you know, phasing itself out and you have the, the younger guys coming up of this era. You still have, you know, you have Deontay Wilder who currently, um, fighting Robert Galinas in October, I believe. Um, that's a fight that's, that that could happen. I'm not sure if I would like that fight for Deontay Wilder at this time. I think he probably would need somebody after that more in tune to, to, to prepare himself for someone like Usyk. Uh, but then you have the winner of Luis Ortiz Jr. And, and Andy Ruiz. And then you have uh, Tyson Fury saying he's, he's probably going to come back. He'll come back and fight uh, Usyk. So it's a lot of options, you know, and then there's Bridgerway if Usyk wants to do that. Uh, I, I don't like that particular idea, but you know, the option is there. So it's the sky's the limit, you know, um, he can do whatever he wants at this, at this point. Um, but when, you, when you're the king, you, you earn a right to, to pick and choose. Well, Usik has never
2: given me a reason not to take him at his word. And so I want to take him at his word. He said in a post-fight interview, he either wants to fight Fury or he won't fight at all.
0: Mm -hmm.
2: Now, it remains to be seen if that's a big enough money fight because, you know, Fury goes on live and says, get your checkbook out or whatever. So we don't know if that's a big enough money fight to bring Fury out of whatever limbo he put himself in. Um, But if it doesn't happen, you know, in terms of professional boxing, it might be the end of both you know, for both of them, you know, I think him against someone like a Wilder is intriguing, but other than that, I think he beats any of the heavyweight you put him in the ring with, and I don't know if I necessarily see him getting up for any of those fights, you know, so if he said it's either Fury or I'm done, I'm inclined to believe him. Yeah, I think
0: that that's, that is, like I say, he doesn't come off as a guy that doesn't mean what he says, say what he means, and see, the thing about Usyk, when you see him sometimes, he has that look of a maniac, but when he speaks, it's like this humble guy who just, you know, I'm I'm, I'm a man of my word type person. You know what I'm saying? And so like you say, if he says that, then I I truly believe him and it makes sense because by beating AJ and having all of the belts, you pretty much at the mountaintop with the exception of collecting that last belt from Fury. Anybody else that you face is not doing anything for your legacy. It's not something that's going to be, they're going to be getting up for you more than you will be getting up for them, you know, and he's done everything that you could possibly do for, for a person who had all of the cruiserweight belts and then collect majority of the heavyweight belts with the exception of the Tyson Fury fight. Now I could see him possibly fighting Wilder if if the demand is there, but I don't see how the demand would be there for Wilder to put position himself to be back where he was before the fury losses. And so because that's that would be the only guy that is from his era that he hadn't faced that really would be a meaningful impactful type fight and it has enough danger there where he could get up for it. So those are the only two mainly Fury, but I could possibly see maybe a 5% chance that a Wilder would get into the fold as well. Um, so the next question that I have for you fellas is uh, what would you advise AJ to do next?
1: Well, AJ, he, I mean, he, at this point he is what he is. I mean, he can, as we've seen, he can up his activity and, and, and work on some things and change. But at this point he has a limit that I, I think he's found his limit. Um, but losing to, to Usyk that doesn't mean he's done or anything like that that may not even mean he's on the downside I mean it just means he lost to Alexander Usyk who was a, a great fighter who's pre- proving to be a great fighter right now so AJ has a, a little bit more options because you know his vulnerabilities there, there are fights that still be interesting you know to him you have the, the winner uh, Ortiz uh, and, and, uh, Ruiz, uh, and, and, and even when you look at him and, and Ruiz, if Ruiz was to win that fight, they're still one and one, you know what <laughs> So, uh, and then you have, uh, a possible matchup between, um, uh, Joshua and, and, and Deontay Wilder, which is, you know, to this day, it still be a, a big fight for both, even though not as big as it once was, it's still a fight that a lot of people want to see. And I think uh, Joshua matches up with Wilder a little bit better than Usyk would. Be. So I, I think Wilder would have a better chance. Um, and and it, it's guaranteed to be an exciting fight. So it, it's always option. I don't want to see AJ against one of the, the young guns coming up. I think that's – um uh, would be bad for him. That's probably what would put him on the downside, and have him about to retire. Uh so those options I see, he has a little bit more freedom than, the only reason he has more freedom than Usyk is because he is vulnerable and we know that he's, he can be beaten, but he's still dangerous for anybody and still exciting enough fighter that people will want to see him. Uh, so there's, there's options for AJ. Uh, I don't think he's done yet. So AJ is signed
2: to what is known as, or what has been referred to as a career-long deal with matchroom. So he's with Eddie Hearn and and company long-term. I personally, just hearing Hearn talk, I didn't think Hearn wanted him to take the rematch. And so now that just from observation, AJ did what he wanted to do and it didn't work out for them, I think that Hearn is going to make sure he really, really goes back to the drawing board. I do think that he has a good camp with him. And I I like the direction he's going in, but he's going to need to build himself back up. And I think he should maybe take a domestic fight or two. Uh, What he has going for him is the UK fan base is extremely loyal. At 32 years old, he could potentially set himself up for another big money fight, maybe with Wilder, maybe what, let's say two years in a row if Wilder is still fighting then. Um, Another potentially big domestic fight is in the UK would be depending on where his trajectory leads him, maybe a year and a half or so from now, maybe uh Joe Joyce. You know, um, if if Joyce gets past Parker, and maybe even if he doesn't get past Parker, depending on how he looks, but I would I would just tread very slowly. I imagine he's probably definitely going to take the rest of this year off and probably a good amount of maybe half of next year. Or so. Um, I think they're going to build him back slowly, but strategically.
0: Yeah. I don't, I, I look at it totally different. I think first and foremost, what I would do is I make sure I keep Robert Garcia because he put that little edge to him, he got a little batter in his back now. And he's a little more feisty, a little bit more edgy. He's well conditioned. Um, he's alert. It doesn't look like he has those. He doesn't look like Clifford, the big red dog anymore. You know, he looks really, um, like, he has that, that edge. Like, right? he, he don't mess with me type thing. And I like that. But moving forward, I think that he can do whatever it is he wants to do because of the fact that he just lost to what I think is a top pound-for-pound pound type guy. So, you lose to him, and, no, and he performed well. Like, up until the 10th round, the fight was relatively even. He just lost to And it's not many people in the heavyweight division that can beat Usy if they can't, if there's anybody. So... That's just, that's the nature of the beat. Sometimes you run up against, you know, somebody that's that's just your huckleberry. And he did. Cool. But now some of these other dudes, who's not looking at the top 10? I would favor him over most of these guys in the top 10. Parker, he beat. Dylan White. Andy Ruiz. You know, Ortiz is 91 years old. Joyce is slow as molasses. Herkovich didn't look so well yesterday. And... You know, Frank Sanchez, I don't think anybody's going to be rushing to fight him anytime soon because, you know, the risk outweighs the reward. But with the exception of maybe one or two guys, I could see him going right in there and taking on one of those guys because he would be the heavy favorite against a lot of them if he looks like he did yesterday. You know what I mean? Because those guys are not going to be avoiding all those shots that Usyk was avoiding. And once they get touched up by that head, those heavy hands, then they're going to be up out of there. It's just, you know mentally, you might want to slow it down a bit because, again, he put so much work in and so much effort into that fight and came up short, you know, psychologically. I don't know how that would impact him in his, his next go-round, but as far as, like, how he looked, I thought he didn't, hadn't looked any much better than that, you know, in most of his fights. But that's just me, you know? Now, um, so I'm going to speed Let's speed
1: this up. So what, what do you think about Usyk at this particular point? What, what would you rank him pound for pound? I mean, he's always up near the top, and he's always been top three. I mean, with this, you know, what he's doing, he's, he's kind of screwing himself up to be pound for pound number one. Right? Now, I know, you know, when we do our pound for pound list, we have a numbering system, and it doesn't – it may not favor him as much as someone like, let's say, a Canelo who, who – even we did it, you know what I'm saying? I didn't want to put Canelo at to the top to end up number one. But Usyk is that, is that guy that I think – I mean, when you look at... He has the total package. He has the skills to pay the bills. hes, he's He has the experience because... And he has the resume because he's beating a lot of these guys now. Um, and he's willing to get in the ring with people. And I, like you said, Will, he has his way about him that he just... You know, he's a humble guy, but he believes in himself. Like, he's hard to... to it's not someone that I would just 100% pick against him. I mean... No matter how, who you say is, you gotta think about it. Like, hmm, do I re- would I really bet against Usyk? And I remember back in the day when Usyk started get, started to get a little bit of hype. I used to see him like, man, this guy's really good, but I can't see he, he has something about him that I just can't see that he's able to beat these guys, even when he looks unoppressive. And I think that's just the mental capability that he has, and I think, and I think that's is going to serve him well. Yeah, and the last. Oh, oh, what where, where do you rank? It? where where is it? what number? I don't know. I don't know. I have to, yeah, That's, that's one thing. This is something you got to think about, you know what I'm saying? But I I mean, I would be I would put him in the top 3, you know what I'm saying? And mm-hmm. uh, he's one talking. of those guys that I, get, that I can put his number. Okay, that's not, I just didn't,
0: I heard a lot of stuff. I just didn't hear I, I didn't it. say that first. <laughs> right,
2: gotcha. You know in the last pound for pound episode we did, I had him as my number 1 and you know, he stays there for me. You know, he's gone to the highest weight class there is to go to, showing that he can still be just as good. And, you know, I hate to use B as a knock, but we, you know, we we talked about Canelo a second ago, or mentioned him at least. Um, as accomplished as he was at the lower weight classes, you know, we showed he showed that he has his limit in terms of weight class, which is fair, you know. But I feel like in terms of who would be the best at any weight class. It's hard for me to not say Usit would be that person. All right, Danny B. Knowing. Danny B. Knowing, pound for pound.
0: You know, for me, I think that he's either one or two. And I will lean towards one. And only reason that if I thoroughly think it through, that Now that's a daunting task to go up and fight somebody as physically as imposing as an Anthony Joshua. That is very, very, that's a very, very huge accomplishment, you know, a huge feather on your cap. Not only do it once, but do it twice. And a lot of guys are just going to be eliminated from contention, the contention of being number one on my list, because they're not doing that type of stuff. They're not taking on those challenges. That's why I, gravitate towards the band Rodriguez because anybody who's willing to sacrifice and do things that to, to, to prove that I'm the best, I'm always going to rock with you. Jamel Charlo, he, he, he won me over by his willingness to take on the top level guys. That's why you always see me and I'm not guys like Lomachenko, and I'm not guys like Gennady Golovkin because there's a plethora of guys that they could have faced that they decided not to. So that's the reason why this guy is the one who I'm saying like, yeah, now Usyk, if you talk about him, yeah, that's my guy right there. I can ride out with him. I don't know him personally, but as far as what I see in that ring and what I do know of him, that's the kind of fighter that I like. And that's the kind of fighter that I can see it as like my number one, just based on some of the things that he brings to the table, mainly willing to take on those types of challenges. Now, here's the thing though. The thing is, is that it's like when Roy Jones moved up to the heavyweight division, when he moved up to the heavyweight division, he saw a guy that he knew he could beat based on the way he fought, his size, certain things like that. Now, I don't know if Usyk would have been, I think now he he feels like he can beat anybody. But before taking on a challenge of Anthony Joshua, because when you listen to him yesterday, he said, I've been studying Anthony Joshua since 2012. You know, I've been knowing about him and and critiquing him and things like that. So this is something that it's kind of like Antonio Tarver knowing Roy Jones. Like, I knew I could, you know, had a chance early on. I always just wanted the opportunity. Now, any of those other guys, like a Tyson Fury, that's a little bit more of a challenge because you don't have the same advantages as far as, knowing the nuances of the game where this guy is a little bit more manufactured. That won't be the case against Tyson Fury. So if Tyson Fury was the person that he had to go through, would he be as as willing? Would he have the capability of doing what he is? But now that is a challenge and that's something that a lot of guys wouldn't even, you know, entertain. So I have to have him either one or number two. I know that's a long way about getting to where I rank him, but I thought that that's important to say. Now, um, as far as, Usyk, man. Very good fighter. Awesome. All-time great skills. Who has the
1: best chance of cracking the code though? It's only two people that, that, that I, I have an idea that probably will have a chance. And that, that's probably Tyson Fury because of his mentality and and his belief. And even then, it's not like I'm going to pick Tyson Fury to beat him. I don't know. Uh, then, again, Deontay Wilder. Would I, would I pick Deontay Wilder and beat Usyk? Probably not, but he does have a racer where it's comfortable that he has a chance because once he land, if he can land that right hand on Usyk, we don't know what's gonna happen. And he can flatten Usyk, it's a possibility. So those are the two that, that I, I would see as having a chance of, of beating Usyk.
2: Yeah, um, out of the active boxers, I would say, just to answer your question, Wilder would be the one that would have the chance. And, you know, he has a height advantage, but they're about even weight-wise, and he isn't as good as a boxer. So literally what the chance comes down to for him will be landing that one punch. But I also think that Usyk is too defensively responsible to really get caught like that. But, you know, again, to answer your question, out of the active boxers, it would be Wilder. Out of everyone, it would be Fury, I think. I think Fury does have the boxing ability to be able to do what he needs to do, and he has that size advantage. Yeah, uh, thank you so
0: much, gracias, Okay, now, uh, for now the thing is, I think that it's three guys that could actually defeat Alexander Usyk. I would favor Tyson Fury over Alexander Usyk again because yesterday, what I noticed is a couple things that Robert Garcia was—you can tell that he attempted to add into Anthony Joshua's repertoire. He was trying to be a little bit more of the bigger guy and you know wrestling with him. But Usyk is slippery; he's getting out of that. That's not naturally what Anthony Joshua does. So he kind of was getting um, reprimanded by the referee when he was trying to do those tactics and it wasn't working out for him because he just doesn't do that naturally. Who does that naturally? Tyson Fury. Tyson is going to big man you the dub. He's going to he gonna be leaning on you. He's going to be doing a little sneaky stuff. He can stay away and just box you and you can't get in there. And Usyk is not just going to be able to stay on that right side and then judge the distance because Tyson Fury's, Fights big. Tyson and Fury can dance if he want to. He can move around. So he's going to give him a whole bunch of different looks that Usyk is not going to see out of anybody that he faced. He can catch you with some slippery stuff on the inside. I I wouldn't think that that would be the case. I think that Usyk, it it would go to a decision. I just think that Tyson Fury has so much game when it comes to the sport of boxing that that's a daunting task to be facing a 6'9 dude who can move like that And, you know, I I would favor Fury. Now, as far as Wilder, I think that's pretty much a 50-50 fight. And the reason why I said it's a 50-50 fight is because although Usyk is very slippery, he rarely gets hit flush, but he does get hit flush. And when he does, it's, it's not often. AJ was catching him a few times, but AJ is not that one punch. And then he would put himself in a position where when I do get hit by this shot, it's not gonna be at his heaviest impact. But Deontay Wilder can hurt you if you let him touch you. And there's gonna be a couple of times where he's gonna be able to touch him. And also Wilder is another guy who fights tall where he's leaning back a little bit and, and Usyk is trying to get in there and do his little, where he's, he's landing those little lefts and stuff like that. He's gonna pose a, a huge um, challenge for Wilder because of his ability to get in and out and slippery and moving around and stuff like that. And he's just very good. But I think that that fight is, is, is 50-50. Now, Uzi could win a clear decision, but it's always is always going to lurk against the bronze bomber. The last guy I'm going to say who would have a shot, he would never get the shot. But it's just based on the fact that he's skilled, he's fast, he's quick, and I don't think he would get the decision anyway if it's, if it's remotely close, and that would be Frank Sanchez. But those are the guys that I have. So the last question would be is... Since Usyk is saying that the only fight that he wants, and if he doesn't get it, he's going to retire, is against the Gypsy King. Who do you favor in a fight between Tyson Fury and Oleksandr Usyk?
1: Oh, man. Uh, flip a coin on that one because they, Tyson Fury, what AJ lacks as far as mentality, Tyson Fury has as far as, you know what I'm saying, he always ups his game. To, to his competition he believes in himself you know he, don't, he doesn't have to will himself to believe in himself he just believes in himself and he's kind of you know he's a little bit crazy too just like Usyk um but Usyk you know he has that amateur pedigree you know he can he can beat you just standing right in front of you the way he was beating Joshua standing right in front of him it's it, he didn't try to, even though he, you know, Usyk does move, he can move around the ring, do all that, he can stand right in front of you and beat you the same way, so he, he always had the edge and speed, being that he, you know, he's coming from cruiserweight, seeing faster guys, and then he's shown in the fight with AJ that he does have a chin on him, you know, that he can take a punch, even though we saw some shaky moments, Uh, but but he can, he can take a punch, but then you have to think of it's only a matter, you know, Fury, he always comes back and he's always game to fight anybody, he's always up to the task. But to a point, you know, all that, you know, come back and trying to lose all that weight, it does take a toll in your body. It's like it's only a matter of time before it really takes effect. But then again, this is also Tyson Fury, who does, you know, at this point, up to this point, it ha- it hasn't failed him yet. Uh so you have two undefeated guys, you know what I'm saying, who who They both can look vulnerable vulnerable at points, but they both have risen to the occasion uh, every time you saw them. And and it's interesting because both guys has looked unimpressive against, you know, lower tier opponents, you know? So it's an interesting matchup. Uh, I'm not sure who I favor in that fight because also Usyk is, is is the fresher of the two because he's, he's actively fighting and, and Tyson is, is in and out. But then again, we've seen Tyson Fury do this. So it's, it's a 50-50 fight, flip a coin.
2: I still think Fury wins by stoppage, ultimately. You know, he's a bigger guy and a bigger puncher than AJ. Uh, he's better at setting up his punches. And although Usyk was never knocked down, he was definitely rattled by AJ's punches. And so I think Fury uses his height and weight to overwhelm him and corner him and wear him down, and then he eventually stops him.
0: Yeah, um, Fury will open as a near three to one favorite in this fight, and I think that, if for good reason, I, I would favor Tyson Fury. I mentioned it before, a while like Fury in a fight against Alexander Usyk, but it's no knock against Usyk, you know what I mean? Tyson Fury just so happened to be a highly skilled guy who probably could fight in any era as well. So you just got a great big man against a great little man. And that size is just eventually going to play a factor. It's going to be kind of even as far as a lot of things that both guys can do. You know what I mean? Like if you just match skill for skill, then they both do things at an elite level. But at the end of the day, I just think that size would be too much because not only does he have the size advantage, he knows how to use it. And he knows how to be awkward. He knows how to do certain things. He has tricks up his sleeve that that uh, at the elite level that if you're a smaller guy, it'd be very hard to overcome, even with the skills that somebody that Oleksandr Usyk, you know, possesses. Um, so I like Tyson Fury in that matchup. Anything? Anything else you guys have before we wrap this one up? No, sir. Yeah, we're gonna um, cut this episode um, because we talked a lot you know, about that fight between Usyk and Joshua. We also kind of went in on other um, aspects of their careers, where they should go, um, different questions that we answered. It's a pretty lengthy episode already. So we'll cut this into two parts. So you'll have this today, and then tomorrow be on the lookout for another episode. On that note, we out. Peace. Peace.